evening and welcome to another special episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Is that John Paul on drums? Very well could be. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for taking on flesh and blood. Thank you for revealing to us our nature. Thank you for awakening us to our our nature in you, Lord, and inviting us to a relationship with you. Thank you for conquering sin, Lord, and in you giving us a way to eternal life, a pathway to the Trinity, a pathway, Lord, to eternal life with you. And we welcome you all tonight, brothers and sisters, in this Easter season. Yes, we are still in Easter, and uh, we are eagerly anticipating Pentecost, right? We're eagerly anticipating coming out of the desert and, of course, being filled with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, in Him, with Him, through Him. And uh, we hope that wherever God finds you right now in this very moment, you know, above all, that you are in His hands, that He has a purpose. He's got a plan for you right now. And in the next hour, in a very special way, we invite you to just be open to that idea that God, who loves you so much, who fashioned you for himself, who fashioned you for a great mission, is not distant, is not alien. He has taken on flesh and blood. He has poured forth his spirit. He wants you to know him. And he wants you to live in that life. It doesn't mean you're going to be without struggles and difficulties or you're not going to die in an earthly way. But he does want us to live in a vitality a knowledge of his presence. He doesn't want it just to be a go-through-the-motions, a checklist. He doesn't want it just to be ritualistic or religion. At the heart of that, as Pope Benedict says, is this relationship with Jesus Christ. And tonight, we want you to open your hearts to the possibility that whatever heights you find yourself in, maybe you're on top of the mountain right now, maybe you've been on some great retreats, and, uh, and you're into reading the scripture, you're into reading good books, you're into watching you know, good content being formed. Wherever you find yourself, there is a horizon yet to discover because our God is eternal. And we invite you to open up your eyes to the possibility of a horizon beyond the heights that you think exist right now. Before we introduce our awesome guest, who we've had before with his lovely wife tonight, by the way, is going to be all about the transforming life in Jesus Christ. And I'm looking forward to it myself. Um, Before we get there, just a, a few announcements that we encourage you to participate in. So right now, the Ignite at St. Peter's Huron is wrapping up, but uh, you can still join them because God is outside of time in prayer. So shout out to Father Jeff Macbeth and their wonderful team there and their wonderful, awesome community. We praise God for you and we thank you for your witness. Um, Tomorrow night which is Wednesday, um, the 17th of May. Holy Trinity invites you to join them to worship our Lord at an Ignite beginning at 7 p.m. And Most Blessed Sacrament Parish at 6 p.m. is hosting a spark dinner where you will be able to do the Live It Gathering Guide and grow in faith and community and fellowship and just to go deeper in the upcoming Sunday's uh, readings and hear a witness. So you can check that out for more information at our website, massimpact.us. Awesome. And then, sorry, next week, just if you want to plan ahead, May 23rd, um, 
is the next Ignite at St. Jerome's out in Wallbridge. Wonderful. So, folks, June 4th is Pentecost Sunday. And as we've said so many times, even those who walked in the very feet of Jesus along with him for three plus years, it wasn't enough. They were scared kids in the room upstairs. It took the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. All the recent popes and from the very beginning have asked us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we invite you. And that isn't just a singular event. Um, That is an ongoing, ever-deepening, availing, new wine, new wine skids, skids. Skins. And uh, we invite you to set your eyes on that night, June 4th, Regina Chaley Parish, our Praying with Fire conference. Join us, 4 o'clock p.m. You can go to massimpact.us forward slash fire, massimpact.us forward slash fire. The discount code to get you 25% off is 25 fire. No space is 25 fire. And finally, um, just want to encourage you certainly to go to massimpact.us, but we have an app now, and it makes all of this stuff, most of this stuff, very accessible. It's a great way to baptize these devices, which often can be divisive, right? So you might as well put some good stuff on there. Uh, And this is just a way to access readings and and the conversation questions if you're in the car. We've got the radio podcast, the livid episodes, a lot of great content there. So where do you find that? Glad you asked. Massimpact.us forward slash app. A-P-P, massimpact.us forward slash app. I'm just moved to share a little quote, if I could. May I? You may. So you're talking about Pentecost, and we celebrate that awesome feast of the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and how that's meant to be a present-day experience. Mm. And we have in our our family, our domestic church, a confirmation this Thursday. St. Joan of Arc will be very blessed to have our dear Bishop Thomas, they are celebrating um, that sacrament. But as we were talking about this today and praying a little bit, there was an awesome quote that came up by St. Ambrose that I like to share in light of Pentecost. And Please all the do. confirmation, because it is that season. Remember then that you received a spiritual seal, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of knowledge and reverence, the spirit of holy fear. Keep safe what you received. God the Father sealed you, Christ the Lord strengthened you, and sent the Spirit into your hearts as the pledge of what is to come. Very, Amen. very beautiful, of course, going back to 340 A.D., that early. Uh, we are part of a great tradition um, of the Son of God and Jesus Christ taking on flesh and blood, and we are part of this great legacy and called to make him known as church. So, very blessed tonight to have you, Charles Allen. How you doing tonight, brother? Doing well, man. Woo. Good to be back. Thanks for having us. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So, folks, um, check out the podcast for the first uh, part one of Transforming Transformed Life in Jesus Christ. It was so, I think, engaging to us that we really felt we wanted to have, we'll probably have many more opportunities, but certainly tonight, blessed to open the door and just to set the stage for y'all. Um, so this coming Sunday is the reading, the Gospel of John 14, 15 to 21, and Jesus says, if you love me, so just stop there for a second. If I were to ask any of you, do you love God? Do you love Jesus? Most of us would right away say yes. But he defines what that is. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
And so we really wanted, want to all the more open the door to understand who Jesus is, that we can have a relationship with him and be connected to him, not just this ethereal feeling, but there's a contour, there's a shape to uh, the person of, uh, the second person of the Trinity in Jesus Christ who makes himself known that we want to know. And so I just said to Charles, I said, Charles, if this was the last, at this point, 50 minutes that we had on this planet, and all of us were blessed to be listening and needed to know and hear what is most important for us um, as Christians, and most of you out there, Catholic Christians, what is most important for us to really understand and know as a basis to live in the life of the Holy Spirit and fellowship through Jesus Christ. And so with no further ado, I'm just going to invite you, Charles, to open us up in a prayer, and let's take off. Amen. Let's let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that leads us and guides us to all mm-hmm. truth. Lord God, we just ask you that you that we surrender now, Lord mm-hmm. God, to your presence. And we just say thank you, Lord God, that you would uh, give us wisdom, that you would give us insight, Lord God, that tonight we will understand you as the revealed word, the inspired mm-hmm. word, and the illuminating word in our hearts, Lord God. Mm-hmm. And so we just say thank you now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Take it and run with it, brother. We're, we're delighted to have <laughs> Greg you. Greg and I are going to go do coffee tonight. next do door. Coffee. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I want to absorb this. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to this. <laughs> well, you know, man, we, we talk about a life that's being transformed by Jesus. And and I think it's important for, for us to know, even in, through the reading that you guys are going to be in and, and everything, is that the beginning of that, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No man comes to the Father but through me. And so when we understand that Jesus is the way, then that's, 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 that's through his doctrine, that's through his mm-hmm. spirit, that's through everything that leads us through a, even his example for us, right, that leads us down a path. But then that's one thing. But then to say that I am the truth, mm-hmm. then that separates him from everything else that we believe. And that's one thing that we kind of fail to understand where sometimes in the believer to follow Christ and to be transformed, we must shed our desires to get into his desire. We must, you know, so when, when the scripture says that he would give us the desires of our heart, Mm. then how is it that we have the desires of our heart, but somewhere through seeking him, following him, our heart changes, which means our desires change. Mm-hmm. And so then when he, when we are ready to receive, then he gives us exactly what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. And so then when he said in 15, if you love me, then obey my commandments. Well, this is where most believers struggle because... We want our we want our truth. We right? want our truth, right? Our and everything about our society today that says you must accept whatever truth we hand you, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, whatever truth is true to you is that's the truth. Right. And so now we live in this society that says whatever I believe, whatever I want to do, however I want to live, however I want to do it, that's truth now. It's my truth. Well, if truth was relative to my experience, mm-hmm. 
then is it true then that I'm I'm gonna always be a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm, you know, which right now my wife has me on this healthy track, you know, so I'm <laughs> walking every Looking day good. and you know trying to you know get that, you know. So, but if I just said to her, you know, well, no, it's you know what I'm, I, you know, I got a few extra pounds and this is my truth, so I'm gonna live with it, right? Mm-hmm. But if I want to be healthy. If I want to go to another level and and be and do something different, then I must, you know, shed my idea what I think truth is and then look through Jesus Christ. But then here's here's the awesome thing about that, because that next verse in 16, he says for and I will ask the father. He will give you another comfort or another advocate Mm -hmm. that will lead you to truth. And so then then we have to understand and for me to be transformed. I must surrender. And a lot of times, truth leads us to crisis. It's a crisis of belief. Crisis before Christ, huh? Yeah, because, you know, here's the thing. Like, you know, so if I'm reading in the Word of God, and and, and so, you know, like... in, in our circles, we call it the holy flip, right? You just, just want to open up the Bible, get a good word in, and something that makes me feel good. <laughs> holy flip, you know, I like that. You know, just, I'm going to read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when we read, you know, um, you know, here it is, we're struggling in a certain area of our life, and that scripture says, you know, this is not the way of Christ, this is not the way of God, and then we're like, uh, you know, I don't want to read it. <laughs> yeah, flip, right? flip, flip it again. Let's flip it again. Yeah, Let's flip it right. again. And so we go through these things where I just want to be comforted in my situation mm. and I want someone to tell me that the way I'm living is okay. That I can deny whatever God is saying as long as I can get about three people right, to, right. You know, to tell me <laughs> my life is okay. When it's not then you know then that's what we say oh well you know my friends didn't you know didn't didn't tell me anything or my my you know uh, i go to church right and when i go to church i hear a nice comforting message that jesus loves me mm-hmm. and i'm good right and nothing's wrong with it none that's not that's it's not like it's not true jesus does love you mm-hmm. but when we define love Love caused Jesus to stand across the road, watch foolishness go on in this temple, make a whip, go in, beat people out, overchange the tables, right? Love caused him, when, when Peter says, look, you ain't got to go down this road, love caused Jesus to look at Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. See, love never negates truth love requires truth amen mm-hmm. love requires us to embrace the truth and so also if i'm walking with you i'm your brother and i see you overtaken in a fault the love that's in me should tell you that hey greg you're going in the wrong direction bro mm. you know you're not walking the way that god has called you to walk and so if i got brothers around me that's watching me. That's I'm, that I'm. That I hold myself. That that you know I'm 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 accountable to them, right. right? And and they see me doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing. Love says to tell you the truth. Love says to correct you. Love says to mm-hmm. you know reprove you. You know we love our children, but I'm not going to let my daughter just 
live any way she wants to live, at least not while she's still in my house That's underneath right. my roof. You know, I was waiting for and that. I'm paying the bills here, right? right? You know, I mean, my 14 year old daughter says, "Hey, you know what? I'll be, I'm going. I'll be back at midnight." Oh no, you won't. Where are you going? <laughs> That's right. You know why? Because yeah. I love you, mm-hmm. and love requires me to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And love then leads us to truth. So the fact that Jesus says, I love you, right, says that now I must send the Holy Spirit that he must lead you to truth, which also says that when I'm going off in the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit pulls me back. Then we can understand why in Galatians it says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh so that we don't do the things that we would, right? And now the works of the flesh are now evident that now here it is that this is evidence that sin, that you're in sin now, but here is the fruit of the spirit. And so it's the spirit's job that guides us back to a place. And, 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 and quite frankly, you know, hey, if I'm, in a relationship I shouldn't be in, mm. I want somebody to agree with it. Mm. But it's the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart mm-hmm. saying, you know what, this is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. And so then he, he leads me to the truth that then reveals and that's been, that re, that's been revealed to man that they've been led, inspired to write as God says to write it. That then illuminates in my heart that says I'm in error with my father. Mm. And so then that Holy Spirit. So it takes me a time because it brings me to a point where here it is. The Old Testament says it this way. Unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor Mm. labors in vain. We know house and scripture is always or usually nine times out of ten, not a physical dwelling. But it's talking about your life and your lineage. Mm. Um, and, and Samuel, he says, I'm looking for a priest that will follow me, right? And for him, I will make him a sure house. He's talking mm-hmm. about now his, genera- his generation to follow him will line up also with that. When you, Jesus gave the parable about the two men that wanted to build a house. They're talk, he's, talk, he's not talking about this physical dwelling, but he's talking about a life now that we all want the same things. I want a house, you want a house, but how do we build our life? One man will build his life on the sand, mm-hmm. on philosophy, on the earth, on things that, that is unstable, right? But another man will dig deep and find a rock, a sure thing to build his life on. And so to do that, and here it is, if I'm looking up this guy, his house is going up faster than mine. Mm. His house is moving faster than my house is Mm. moving. His house looks nicer than my house is looking. I'm still digging. But the thing of it is, if I choose to take my time, dig deep, find a solid foundation to build my life on, then when the storms come, Mm -hmm. I'm able to stand. Mm -hmm. But when the storms of life come with this guy, it falls quickly. And so sometimes in, in in, in the Christian life, we're so busy looking at the world and what everybody else is doing, and we get into this rat race, right? I, I want to be. I want to make the next promotion. I want to get the next bonus. I want to get the next raise. I want to, you know, all of these things. And it's funny that everything that you achieve or aspire to do usually removes you from the house of God. Hmm, and then now, oh, God knows my heart. I, you know, I, I'm there. I, I don't have to 
always be in church to worship him. I can worship God at home and you know, and we make it easy for you. I mean, right. because we're stream services online, we do all those <laughs> things, right? And nothing's wrong with that. Really, nothing is wrong with that. If I'm out of town, I want to tune into my church. You know, I want to be, I want to feel like I've been with my church family, you know. So I'm not saying, I'm not knocking that. But what I'm saying is, is that when we choose to now excuse ourselves from what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life, then how can we then come to a place of truth? Because the Spirit is pulling on us. It's tugging on us. It's moving us to a place where I am now surrendering to God's will. So how am I going to keep his commandments? Because if you love me, you keep my mm-hmm. commandments. Well, there's nothing in me that says I can even remotely keep your commandments. Mm. And because he loved us, I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you help to lead you to the truth that helps you keep my commandments. And that, that brings the believer to a place of surrendering. Well, before I come to a place of surrendering, I'm in a place of crisis because I want to keep doing my thing. I want to keep going my way. I want to keep believing the way I'm believing. Mm-hmm. I want to keep striving the way that I'm striving. But in now when God wrecks my life and God comes in and he transforms the way I think, then now I'm looking at things different. Charles, do you think there's a crisis of complacency in the church? As you're speaking right now, I can look in my own life as the head of my domestic church family, wife, and our children, and I see the possibility that because we're involved in ministry and I constantly need to be challenged and challenge my kids, we have not arrived, hardly. Mm-mm. And even more, there's attitudes, even the beatitude in the level. So maybe maybe it's not the big sins, possibly, mm-hmm. that, that aren't happening in my roof or whatever, but we still are, are far from that intimacy and that perfection that God says, be therefore perfect. And maybe it's the beatitudinal level. And I may be worse yet, and I hear you speaking to this, maybe I am in some way looking to my faith or religion or Jesus' language to validate my complacency. I need that challenge. I need yeah. somebody to point out things and to help me recognize uh, that I'm that you know because I'm going to feel interiorly kind of a rotting if I'm not availing that part to to God's perfecting grace. Yeah, it, uh, you know I think one of the worst things that could have happened to the church is our nice buildings and our governmental acceptance. Hmm. Because. Now, I have freedom of worship. Hmm. And we should have freedom of worship. We should have the right to worship the way we want to worship, where we want to worship at. And I should walk into a nice place and do that. So easy, right? Air conditioning. So so easy. It's there. But what it does is it removes now the need to go and create disciples. Hmm. Because... It takes the work off of me. Well, just come to church. Mm. Well, we have a lot of people coming to church, and church is not working for them. That's because no one is creating disciples. Because we think it's about membership. We think it's about, oh, if I show up on Sunday morning, then that's it. I've done my job. I've done my due diligence. You know, I've given God 0.5 hours out of the week. <laughs> that's all clap. And that's, that, that's <laughs> it. You know job. what? And let's, let's just do 
two nice worship songs. Let's hear a nice short speech and call it a talk. And let's just let's just and that's it. Let's just go home. Don't invade people's life. Don't invade the culture. Don't don't rock the boat. Let's just fit into the culture. Let's just let's just everybody just calm down and live life, you know, and live the American dream. Well, God did not call us to live the American dream. God called us to impact the cultures that is invading Mm -hmm. heaven's space within this earth. He says, let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we see even with uh, Jacob's ladder, Mm -hmm. we see angels ascending and descending, right? It's all his mission was always to say, how do, how do, how does heaven represent itself on earth? Mm -hmm. And we need ambassadors not churchgoers. Amen. We need ambassadors that is invading the gates of hell and saying you cannot take ground here. Beautiful. You know, we're getting ready to mobilize again this year for our prayer walks. And you know, and I'm like I'm 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 anxious because here it is in the news today, right? How many I mean, how many of our young people have to die on the streets? Mm-hmm. How many times do we and we just drive by and our expressways are built because I can I can I can circumvent the crime in our area. I can circumvent the plight in our communities because all I got to do is hit 475 and I will go around the city, get off where I want to get off at and go to my destination, get back in my car, go to there, wait for Sunday morning, go to worship and then drive back to my comfort. But then we have here it is. We have heroin overdoses. Mm -hmm. We have uh, there was just a story today about an undercover police officer, you know, who now has to prove himself that he's really, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not a cop. Right. But then he overdoses. You know, he 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 has overdose. Mm -hmm. And here it is. We have a young a a teenage boy who is not even begin to live his life yet. Get shot Mm -hmm. in our streets. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And we just keep worshiping like this is it. And I'm not. and, And listen. I'm not a social reform guy or any of those things, but I am a revivalist Mm -hmm. that says revival must hit this church so that a reformation can hit our country. Amen. And we have to call people back to truth. Amen. There's a little piece of uh, poetry that I really love from one of my favorite songs in the 70s. So you want to live within the sound of chapel bells. Well, I want to run a mission a yard from the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. It's very, very moving to me. And I, I do think we need to be bold right now. Yeah. I think we need to be bold here and now. And maybe asking the question of our listeners, and I've kind of put it this way, and I'm challenged myself. If we are not naturally, authentically, enthusiastically, joyfully evangelizing, maybe we need to seriously question if we've been evangelized. Mm. I mean, it, did, as a pastor, do, do, you, do you find that? Because it, it's not just like a, you know, uh, let's come and I'm going to give you a course on evangelizing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the most natural thing for me to proclaim my love for my children or to tell somebody the story about what happened in our home last week that was cute or fun or sports or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to ask the question, why do you think people are not naturally evangelizing? Because we know those who are on fire. It's the Holy Spirit. It's all yeah. these things. But I want you to maybe because give some really insight on that. we really don't know what evangelizing really is one um paul told timothy as a pastor you know do the work of an evangelist make full proof of your ministry Mm -hmm. right um jesus says go so as an evangelist how do i go and then what's my mission when i go create a disciple and so we 
want the satisfaction to say, oh, I brought 10 people to Christ. We want the satisfaction to say, you know, I've met my quota, right? Mm -hmm. We've reached 3,000 people for Jesus, right? We filled a stadium. So what we fill stadiums? So what we fill buildings? If we are not creating disciples, then what we've just done is in vain because uh, if Michael Jackson was still alive and he was at the Huntington Center, we would have lines wrapped around the block, right? And if, you know, another famous band that's still going around, I'm not even sure, you know, who, who would fill stadiums <laughs> these days. But, <laughs> but, but But they fill stadiums. So is the goal to fill a stadium or is the goal to create disciples? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not against filling stadiums. If we utilize that stadium to equip people to go and create disciples. And so what we do, what we find now is that we have a church that's satisfied with gathering, but not satisfied with going. Mm-hmm. Because now that's mm-hmm. responsibility. I have to take responsibility. And now here's the deal is that my job is to plant and water. It's God that gives the increase. Mm. So if I go out and plant a seed, water my garden, and I come back out the next day and I see bloom there, right? I see, you know, life there. Well, that's God. I give God the glory for that. Mm-hmm. But what we want to do, we want to just, you know, say, hey, let's let's just go into a neighborhood and, you know, have a nice party, give out some hot dogs, give out some backpacks, give out some things, then we go back to our comfort living, right? And we say, oh, we did a wonderful right, job. Right. Look how many people we reached for Jesus. But how many disciples, how many people are we following up with? How many people are we walking with? Mm-hmm. You know, and so when we look at people coming to Christ, great. It's awesome. I love it, right? I celebrate it every day of the week. Now, my responsibility, now that they've accepted him, is to teach them how to surrender to mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Because they're going to hit a point in their life where crisis of belief is going to come in. They're going to hit a point where they're not going to want to surrender their will. You know? And so uh, now, because the only thing we talk about is this loving father that just wants everybody, you know... Mm-hmm. Well, that same loving father says, I chase those who I love. I correct those mm-hmm. who I love. And so you can't follow Christ without allowing the Holy Spirit to correct our life mm-hmm. so that we can grow. We can get deeper into the things that God is calling us to do. And so, you know, we have our. Um, bus things, we have our <laughs> fellowships, and we have all of these things. But where was Jesus through all of these things? The religious leaders said, how are you sitting and eating with sinners? Mm-hmm. Why is this woman washing your feet? Why are you allowing her to touch you this way? You know, hey, there, here is this lady we caught in adultery. Let's, let's just drag her and see what he is going to say. And it comes down to what are you doing in your life? Mm-hmm. And sometimes as the church, I think we do God a disservice when we just say, hey, this is what we do. 
but we won't impact our culture. Mm-hmm. We will not stand up and rally against what is wrong. Our hearts broken. Truly, these words roll off our tongue, right? And we get used to our cliches and our books and our spiritual readings and all of that. And I tell you, honest, a year and a half ago, some ladies telling me about this great book they're all reading in their quote-unquote book club. And they're like, oh, then we're going to read the next. I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. You know, mm-hmm. how about living page one? Right. And, and I, I'm challenged by that also. But I want to ask you the question from your experience and I'm thinking as you're talking, we are the church in many regards in Laodicea, that Revelations 3.14, neither hot nor cold. Mm-hmm. And I do think culture is at such a point now that a lot of folks have been in that middle uh, space of gray, and they know they, they really can't subscribe to the values that secular culture is offering them because they see the destruction that is contained in them. And yet maybe the witness they're given of those who seem to be all in is a self-righteous, just religious, you go through the motions thing. And there's, there is an emergence of everything you speak of, and I'm delighted to be partnered with you and so many other brothers and sisters in Christ who are really striving. And so we're delighted to have you here tonight. But I want to ask you the question, Charles, what does a discipling church look like? Hmm. Well, it looks vastly different from the next one. Because if my mission field is within a certain geographical area, right, then the people that come to our church may be different from the people that walk in if my geographical area was in Sylvania, right? And so it's different. But what is the same is organic relationships mm-hmm. where we take the time to see how we can help them move along in the gospels following Christ not just applaud that you became a member but that we, we but we, we sit down with you and we walk with you we do life with you Right. I mean, and, and we, we get it now right? because we have most churches have life groups or, you know, at our church, we call them power groups. It's like, you know, we get together over vastly, you know, similar interests, whether it's a married group or a singles group or whatever the case is. But, you know, if we just gather together just to read a book, but then how do we look in somebody's eyes mm. and see the pain, the struggle? And then minister to them the truth of the gospel without compromise Mm -hmm. and lovingly tell them the truth. Amen. Lovingly walk with them even while their life is messy. Mm -hmm. Because in the church, we want everything to be clean. Mm -hmm. We want the processes to be simple. And we just say to people, just stop doing the drugs. Just stop sleeping with her. Just stop, you know, Mm -hmm. going over here or doing that. Just stop. If we can just, if, if, and this, and what it does is it causes people to then hide and not be real about what they're struggling Mm -hmm. with. Because there's nobody that loves me enough that says, you know what, even though you're struggling with this, I want to walk with you through this. Then we don't tell people the truth. Every deliverance has a wilderness experience attached to it. Mm. The church of Israel being delivered out of slavery and bondage of Egypt Mm. wasn't just a cute Bible story. Mm. But everything pointed to Christ 
built upon the prophets and the apostles, right? Mm-hmm. Chief Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. cornerstone. So if we understand that Christ is in the Old Testament as well as he's in the New Testament, because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, the 14th mm-hmm. verse says the Word Beautiful. became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And so, and we understand that through him, he spoke the worlds into existence. And through him, the worlds are still framed, even through his hands. And so if we understand it, as we understand, then this is not just a cute Bible story, right? But this is now an imagery of my mindset coming out of bondage. This is now an imagery of my life being delivered from something that had me bound, that had me there. Well, what happens is I get delivered, then fear creeps in. Why? Because the moment I give my life to Christ, the moment I set my focus on Jesus Christ, my past creeps up behind me. And then here is the one the wonderful thing about the story is that God takes them over or through something that then kills the past. But the mindset is still trapped. Even though my enemy can't, my past cannot, we understand that the devil cannot physically take my life. He cannot physically take my, take anything from me. He irritates the heck out of me by (laughs) messing and stuff, but he can't remove me from God's grace. And so then if I know that, but then what happens is in the struggle, the wilderness experience, my mind is still tied to something. That's why the Bible mm. says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't help people's minds be renewed mm-hmm. through the word of God, then their mind, even though their body is in church, their minds will still be in somebody's bed. Their minds will still be in drugs. Their minds will still be at the bottom of a, of, of a bottle. Their minds will still be trapped in things. And but we don't tell them that you're going to struggle in this belief, you're going to struggle while you're going through. And I tell people in our church, you know what? Praise God for the struggle. Amen. Because there was a time you didn't struggle. There was mm-hmm. a time you just got up and did whatever it is you wanted to do. But now the reason why the struggle is there is because you know there's a promise ahead of you. But yet at the same time, your mind is still tied to something. And so discipleship looks like helping people through that struggling, through that wilderness experience, through those things. So that when we get to the promised land, we now still have fights on our hands. But it's different. I fought in the wilderness to maintain my sanity. I fought in Egypt to get delivered. But now I'm fighting now so that we can possess something. Hmm. And the church now needs to rise up and start possessing. We need to possess our city. We need to take charge of our city. We need to start speaking to principalities and powers that's ruling our city. And we need to begin to show up in places where people don't think we're going to show up at. And I praise God for, you know, the people who have ministries, they go into bars and, and the strip clubs and all those things. God didn't call me to that. But what he called me to do, I must put my all into it. And I must live there and I must minister there and I must strive there to help people come out of where they are. And I like that. Everything, I like all of your points. <laughs> but so rich, so yes, good, so yes, important. Yes, folks, this is why we had him back a second time. I'm sure you're in agreement. But the, um, I think so often so many believers use the cop out of I wasn't called to that. I wasn't mm-hmm. called to that. And that's why I like what you just said is wherever you have been called, the challenge of are you doing it? 
exactly how you're supposed to be with everything in you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we fail so miserably as believers is we get too comfortable and we're like, well, we're not called to that. And I'm doing, or the, the old, you know, I'll pray for you, which we should and we we better. But sometimes if that's our crutch or cop out, you know, we're going to be held accountable for that. You know, and you know, I, 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 I tried to recruit somebody uh, to help me out with a project one time, and they, and, and they said, oh, I'll pray about it. <laughs> and so I called them the next day, and they said, oh, I'm still praying about it. And I said, so I, I don't, how long does it take for God to speak to you normally? Because I'll wait for that. So if it's, is it a week? Is it two weeks? I mean, tell right. me. Like, how long does it take for God to speak to you? And so they said, I don't know. He just usually, you know, speaks to me. And so I, I waited a week or two, you know, called him back. And I he said, said, hey, this is know. God. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm still praying about it. And I said, you know, you don't have to lie to me. All you got to do is tell me you don't want to do it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't take God that long to talk. It doesn't take God that long to speak to us about direction in our life. You know, um, I was caught a series from a um, fellow brother in town and pastor, Bishop Michael Pitts, right? And he's got this series called The Answer is in the Wind, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I'm listening to this message and I'm like, you know, and here it is that, you know, where, how do you tune your ear in mm-hmm. now to hear what God is saying? Because the only, th- the, what blocks us from hearing is our own ideals, our mm-hmm. own sin, mm-hmm. our own things that we want to hold yep. on to, right? And we, we, we look at things and say, well, you know, oh, you know what? God's going to take me to another level. And we look for this big, grandiose mm-hmm. thing. Well, right. you haven't been faithful over the little bit you have right now, mm-hmm. right. you know? And so here it is as a sheep, all I have to shed is my wool. That's what I give every day. So when I wake up as a follower of Jesus Christ, I make sure when I come back home, I have no more wool on me. Mm. Great, I have great, no great more wool Love on it. me. I've given it all away. I've, I've, I've laid it all out on the table. I've ministered to whoever he's called me to minister to. We say it to kids on basketball courts. We say it to our kids in soccer fields. We say, leave it on the field. We say, pour it out. You get the call from the pastor, I'm sorry, the coach for an extra 45 minutes of practice. You're going to put it on your schedule. You're going to be there. Um, Before we continue, this is so rich, and there's so much that you've presented so far. I know we're going to have you back, (laughs) but I just want to throw a line in the water to any of you who are listening right now. We're blessed to have you with us, Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and Charles Allen here on Ignite Radio Live. And we just want to throw a line out to you. Revelations 12, 11 says they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So do we see the work of the enemy? Yes. Is he active in our streets, in our communities, in our marriages, in our homes? Yes. Pastor also alluded to the fact that there's a crisis. There's brokenness in the midst of this. We're never closer to God than in our brokenness. And crisis is the way that God works. It's a precursor to Christ. I like that. Crisis in Christ, the way to Christ. So folks, um, I want to invite you to call in 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. And just, you know, we're looking for 30 seconds. Okay, if you go to a minute, that's fine. 
We want to we want to hear testimony. Come what on. what has the Holy Spirit done in your life? How are you different? Or maybe I'm also going to give the opportunity. If it is something that Pastor Charles is saying right now affecting you, is it touching you? Um, has it made a difference in your life? We're talking about a lot of things here. And what I really like about this is it's not just hey here's a great message you by yourself go off in your corner. Certainly reflected, but it's a community thing. It's an invitation to be the people of God in this area to have the heart of Christ, to have our hearts broken by what breaks Jesus. And wherever God calls us, like you said, Church A is going to be different from Church B or whatever, and maybe where it's lived and most expressed beyond its building, but it cannot be contained in a building. It's got to break out if it's truly, if we're truly attentive to the Spirit of God within us. And so the message here tonight is a, a yearning, and we're imperfect, and, and we're sinners, and um, we're, we're going to fall short, but do we have a desire in our hearts to make this place different as a result of our yes today? Do we have a desire that a year down the road we'd say it's a different place as a result of the Holy Spirit prevailing on us tonight? So, 877-275-8098. Can I get a witness? And i got to play this. It's just, you know, it's old school. It's just something that we got to do. All right, just a little fun here. So, folks, we want you to call in and share with us. Uh, Certainly, we will... A little clip from Charles Allen's church here this past Sunday. We snuck in with the recorder. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't have been in our church. So, folks, we invite you to call in. Otherwise, we're going to just, we're blessed to have this conversation. A lot of points are really striking me and encouraging me. And uh, just that idea, what does a discipling church look like? And one thing you said, Charles, and you're kind of echoing it this time uh, again, um, is that, uh, you know, we have to do more than just be telling God our agenda. Yeah. A- and going to church and doing our thing, and yes, worship and adoration, love it. But are we going and saying, Lord, what is your will with me and with us as a community? Are we yeah. attentive to your heart? And, and how, God, what do you want me to do for the kingdom today? Mm-hmm. How can I advance the kingdom agenda today? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, and I, I love it, man, because, you know, before we came over here, me and my wife was talking about some things as it relates to, you know, ministry in our church. But, you know, we were just talking about Paul, right? And mm-hmm. he just went. You know, he just, even when the prophet says, you know what, if you go, this is what's going to happen to you. They're going to bind you up. They're going to throw you in jail. And he says, but I still got to go. As believers, we look for the easy way. And we look for, well, God, you know, God knows what I'm gifted at. He knows he wouldn't. Listen, man, God constantly pulls on us to break us out of our comfort zone, Mm. to get us out of complacency. And challenges us to do things. I mean, God always tells us to do ridiculous things. Yes, he does. Build an ark. <laughs> hey, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You do know I'm wanted, right? I'm, if I go there. you know. <laughs> and I, I mean, haven't, you have a list, but I know and that. Here it is. Right? There is a, you know, all these things that we want to talk back to God. Gideon, hey, you're a mighty man of valor. No, I'm not. I'm the least in my father's house. My father is the least in our tribe. And, and so here is the thing. So how am I going to go and free somebody? I'm scared. Mm. And so God always pulls us out of our comfort zone. He always moves us so that he, so that we realize the mission, if it's possible with us, is probably not God. It's only possible with him. Mm-hmm. And when we look it down and we say our city can be one, we believe God that our city can be transformed. And we're not just saying that just to throw a 
cute cliche in the atmosphere, but we are believing that the church and full operation, fully mobilized, can transform this city. Amen. Can see lives come to, come to him. I believe that in our lifetime, we can see not just revival in the church, but a reformation, a call back to truth. Beautiful. And we, I just believe it. Mm-hmm. Charles, share with us, uh, for those who may not have been listening, but just to echo again, what are some of the ways you shared with us that you are leading with others, I know, in the Holy Spirit, um, how you're leading from an attentiveness to God's heart in a specific ways that you're called to lead to make a difference in this community? Share with us some of those initiatives. Yeah, so one, and, and if you are listening, if you text the words prayer walks, prayer walks to 31996, you will get on our list and you will know where every location is and where we're praying at every Saturday beginning in June. We will be in, we'll be out walking our streets, praying, meeting people, just talking to people, helping them out. And what we normally do uh, uh, our Toledo police chief has a wonderful initiative where they're going into neighborhoods, engaging certain communities. We go also into those neighborhoods and pray. And then if you say, hey, you know what, I'm not into prayer and all those things, that week following the prayer walk on Saturday, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we have a team that also goes out and just hands out sandwiches to the kids around 3 o'clock when they're doing those things. Awesome. It's all about how do we get out and touch lives. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's, that's 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 the one thing. That's awesome. And when people need to know that the church is not just about Sunday morning. Mm. It's not just about those things. Sunday morning is important. That's our equipping time. And so I am called to equip the body that God has entrusted me with to teach them how, you know, to go out and do ministry, right? And so uh, I know my role. I know my place. And so the, you know, but we have to release people to go do those things. And so sometimes we have as many as seven pastors, senior pastors wow. out there walking. Sometimes we've had we've had up to 15 senior pastors and it's churches awesome. represented awesome. walking on a Saturday morning and then following up, you know, handing out sandwiches the 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 the, the following week. Now, prayer is good. There's also action that needs to take place. And so, um, and we're just encouraging churches to begin to look at their geographical area and say, what, God, what do we need to do to impact the culture here? You know, for us, it is, uh, we have a a project that we've been working on, a new initiative called Empower One Community Transformation. And underneath that umbrella, we have an initiative called Project Welcome Home. Project Welcome Home is where we are beginning to purchase homes in South Toledo, uh, starting in South Toledo to spread abroad. Um, and then what we're doing is is taking families, putting them in the homes, giving them the gospel in a very loving way. You know, we're not, you know, we're not here to impose our faith, but to expose our faith. <laughs> and so that the same word that illuminated in the heart, our hearts can illuminate in their hearts. We're working with them on the development plan so they can get to a better place in life of oh, working and, and all those things. We're helping them 
create an educational and their kids create an educational path and plan for their life so they can move on and think about college or or some other kind of career or wherever they want to go into and then we're helping them work on savings and debt reduction and then at the same time helping them learn how to care for a home because mm -hmm. at the end of this road you're going to purchase the home that you're living in and so mm -hmm. we're taking people from a place where they didn't have stability giving them stability so that then now we can work with them on transformation mm -hmm. it's all about redeeming lives and transforming our community and that so what that does is amazing we touch the heart to transform and create assets in our community but at the same time we're revitalizing our community by purchasing houses and making sure we have good solid homes in our communities that are that's once been plighted the next initiative we have Can I pause you a second just i texted this and i know i got it wrong which means if i got it wrong probably some others got it wrong three one nine nine six yeah so you and the keyword is what prayer walks See, I put in prayer walks, and it told me it was an invalid keyword. So, but maybe that's just me. Separate. That's not oh, word. separate yeah. space. Okay. Prayer and then walk. Gotcha. Yes. We'll try that. We'll try that. Anyways, I'm sorry. This is just amazing stuff. Keep going. Yeah. And so Project Ignite is uh, something that's going to be rolling out towards the end of the year. We're having some crucial conversations right now with some key stakeholders in our community about this particular project. But what we want to do is have a response for young men and women that what we call living in a trap life where they're whether sex trafficking uh is drugs gang violence whatever it may be and they say hey you know what i this is the last night I want to be involved with this. We want to have a place they can come, a refuge place where they can stay. And we have a resident coach that will be living with them, helping them move to the next level in their life. And, and so that will affect the age group between 16 to 24 year olds that says, hey, you know what? I want my life to be different. How do I change my life? And so we, we have home for the 16 to 18 year olds and then another home for the 18 to 21 year olds and the 21 to 24 year olds. Both. Awesome. Both male and female. So, um, you know, how do you get involved with that, man? You know, you can, uh, you, you know, you can just shoot me a, a, a message uh, via text. You know, my phone number is four one nine four nine zero eight eight six nine. You can email me, Pastor Charles Allen at gmail dot com, and say, hey, I want to get involved. I send you a link to where you can sign up to get involved. Where right now, you know, we are looking for partners and and people to come alongside. But each one of these, we are creating entrepreneurship and different things tracks in there so that we can become self-sufficient and so which is why we are we don't just want to put people in a house for a period of time and they have to go on to something else we don't want them to be renters we want them to purchase the home then that money goes back into a pool to where we are going to be doing some micro loans and helping people start businesses and different things of that nature um, and so you know we're just looking for God to move in our city so it takes prayer it takes action but all of it has to be combined with love and truth mm. so that people know that Jesus is real and we're not here as a church just to worship and go home but we are here to impact our culture. Amen. Charles, I want to just pledge on our behalf with regard to mass impact our organization, this movement and all those involved with us are our earnest uh, not only prayer but desire to partner in any way so I look forward to speaking with you maybe about specific ways that, that we can uh, come by your side and and uh, be united in Christ's heart for this city. I want to thank you for you and anybody who's listening to this that's involved in these initiatives. Be blessed. Know that you're, you're walking 
walking um, you're, you're walking a difficult path in this city and the transformation that needs to take take place but like you said that is the path of a disciple that is the path of those who say yes to God and and why brothers and sisters so that you know when it, it happens people will know it's not through any greatness of ours but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit who, who sends us so I just know of our love and our thoughts and our prayers I'm just so moved by what's going on here I want to give you just we're going to try to land in prayer but I want to give you one minute <laughs> to speak to that person right now who maybe has religion and ritual and maybe even faithful in that, grew up with God, faith. Maybe they go to church, maybe they don't. They got a yearning in their hearts. Uh, They got something unfulfilled. Um, And uh, maybe they're frustrated even, quite frankly, with Jesus' language. Hmm. Speak to them, and then let's close in prayer. I would say it's time to feel your faith, to know that your faith is real that this is not a fairy tale this is not it and the only way you do that is to move in action Uh, some people were healed instantaneously some people were healed as they went and and I'm just here to tell you is that if you're struggling wanting to know if this is real join us on a prayer walk get involved with your local congregation because the local church is still the hope of our world Mm -hmm. and and how we affect culture and so I believe that as you get moving as you get busy in the body those feelings and those understandings will go away because it's not about us snapping our finger. God is not a genie in a bottle, mm-hmm. but he is a God to be reverenced and he is, and we must follow Christ in order to reverence mm-hmm. him in that way. We must surrender to the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. And so, um, in order to move from here to there, man, I got to see that where I am is not working anymore. Mm-hmm. And where we are as a church is not working any longer. How do we get beyond ourselves and do something greater that only God can do through us? Yes, I cannot accomplish this by myself. The vision is too big. The work is too hard. But God, with God, all things are possible. And I just believe with God, our city can be one. Our city will be one. And I'm going to speak prophetically and say our city is one. Amen. Amen. Lead us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your grace, your mercy on our lives. That, Lord God, even when I'm struggling and I'm feeling like I'm not worthy, the enemy will always tell me I'm not worthy. I will always tell myself I can't do it. But, God, you will always say, yes, you can. With me, all things are possible. Through Jesus Christ, you are more than a conqueror. And, Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. And that's Prayer Walks. Text it to 31996. Two words, prayer. Second word, walks. Amen. Amen. May his kingdom come and his will be done. Let's seek God's grace and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Join us June 4th for Praying with Fire, massimpact.us forward slash fire. And uh, let's just keep lifting up one another. 